Hello, and welcome to another episode of Jackson Talks. Everybody, with me, your host, Jackson Stone. Thank you for being here. Thank you for tuning in. I really am grateful that you spend your time, energy, and attention listening to this podcast, coming back every single week, every Tuesday, for another episode. This is episode number 68, which is awesome, and it is hot. everybody's hotline number 11. And so, which means that uh, on either a Wednesday or a Thursday of the beginning of each month or every other month, depending on scheduling, I open up a hotline, a phone number that is live for one hour, um, depending on callers, and it is live for people to call in, whether anonymous, anonymously or um, saying their name up front. And it is for open dialogue, open forum to discuss, to express, to question. Um, that's anything that you're intrigued in, interested in, want more information on. Maybe I can't answer it, maybe I can't answer it, but I will either le- give you those things that I know to be true or I will lead you to the right resources to be able to find that information that you are seeking. But that's the basis of everybody's hotline. Um, sometimes we have 10 callers, sometimes we have three callers, and sometimes we have zero callers. Um, and so this will be open for an hour, um, but then in post-production, my buddy Ben, who edits every single episode of Jackson Talks Everybody and all the You Are Love videos and the Champions Adjust videos, he will come back through and he will edit it and shrink it down into only um, where I'm talking. Um, And so if nobody calls in, this episode will be about 25 to 30 minutes long, possibly. Um, And in this episode, I will cover um, suffering, what that means, unhelpful ways to uh, respond to suffering and some things we can do to improve ourselves so we can suffer less. And then we'll end with a self-love guided meditation to send you on your week, day, month, wherever you're at doing, listening to this, um, a little self-love guided meditation. Um, And so we're live, we're open. This episode uh, is number 68. Thanks for tuning in. Um, 60, episode 67 was really great as my friend Jesse is her second appearance on the pod and episode 69 will be with um, professional wrestler comedian and all around great guy uh, Jack Moody um, and if you are interested in, in going back see you Joel uh, if you are interested in going back a few episodes maybe this is your first listen to the pod um, we're about to get into the meat and bone so stick with me just a little bit Um, But, yeah, that's my lock on my door. Sometimes it uh, doesn't work great, but champions adjust. (laughs) But um, one of the most important episodes I've done recently is episode number 65, so I urge you to go back and check that out. It might give you a little bit of context about who I am, what I'm about, what I do, and why I do it. Um, But if you're a regular listener, you've listened to every single episode all the way up to this one, number 68. Thank you, thank you, thank you so much. Um, And I'd love to hear from you. I'd love to hear from you. And you can support the podcast in a couple ways. One, by rating us on Apple, subscribing and following on Spotify, and subscribing uh, and pushing the notification button on YouTube. And then you can go to patreon.com backslash Jackson Stone, and you can sign up for any tier. Some of that goes to presenting the podcast. Some of that goes to the You Are Love nonprofit. And then you can get 
audio messages, group hangouts, one-on-one sessions, merchandising, uh, personalized videos, all that stuff. And it's all kind of in the one ballpark, so it all helps me, helps the nonprofit, helps what I'm trying to do and people I'm trying to reach. So thank you for your time, energy, and attention. And here we go, let's get it rolling. Suffering. Throughout everyone's life, every single person's life, no matter where they're from, or who they are, what their background is, pain is inevitable. We will run across pain. Um, Whether it's, you know, it it ranges from a wide range of things of what pain is and what trauma is for different people in different environments with different societal and cultural factors, that pain or that trauma triggers them differently. It affects them differently, but it's still pain. It's still real. It's still valid. And however it affects you, that's what's important. And that's what you need to look deeper into. So no matter what, no matter who you are, where you're from, how much money you have, how little money you have, where you're from, who your family is, where you grew up, doesn't matter where you are in the world, inevitably in life, you will get punched in the face, metaphorically uh, and possibly figuratively. Um, You will fall, you will trip, you will have heartbreak, you will have failure, you will have rejection, you will have setbacks. All that is inevitable. It's just part of the huge whole human experience that we really want to fully experience and grasp as a person. But with that, obviously with that pain comes a lot of the good stuff. It usually prepares us and makes us more grateful and thankful and appreciative for the good stuff. So we can be present for those moments because everything good or bad happens in the present moment and we want to be there for it. And so yes, pain is inevitable. But suffering, on the other hand, uh, is something that we can manage. So you have a painful experience, and because of that painful experience, you start to suffer. And so I ask you the question, why should we choose to improve? Why should we choose to develop ourselves? Why should we choose to get to know ourselves? Why should we choose to go down this path of looking at our internal landscape and deciding what kind of person we want to be and how we handle those obstacles in our life. Because then we have the ability, the circumstances, the tools, the understanding, and the knowledge to suffer less than we need to or have to. Pain, inevitable, will happen some point in your life. There's varying degrees of that pain, and that's very um, personal to you, what that, how that pain affects you. But how we suffer is up to us. We make that decision, and that decision relies heavily upon the decisions we make, the choices we make after the painful experience and how we want to improve, how we want to view it, what our perspective is, what kind of help we seek, what kind of treatment we seek, what kind of knowledge and understanding we seek, what kind of resiliency we have, what kind of grit we have, what kind of optimism we have. All of these things go into play and determine your level of suffering. And so now I want to talk about three, three very unhelpful responses to suffering. Okay? One is the refusal to suffer. Right? We can't just pretend 
that everything is always good all the time, that everything is sunshine and rainbows, everything is beautiful, everything is great. That is not how life works, and that's not um, a very healthy or safe way to view things. It leans on the side of uh, naive optimism, right? You're in a really bad position, you're in a really bad spot, you're struggling deeply, and you're just pretending and faking that everything is okay and it's all just gonna work out. Having optimism, real fundamental, actual optimism, is being very honest about your situation, about what you're going through, about what you've been through, about where you're at right now, being very honest with yourself and then taking the steps, strides, actions, implementations, plans, tools, support to create a better situation for yourself. And you fundamentally believe through that work, through that effort, that things will work out. That's true optimism. That's actual optimism. And so naive optimism is based in this refusal to suffer, refusing to believe that things are bad, refusing to believe that things aren't going well, and just pretending that everything is okay, pretending that everything is fine and it will just work itself out. There's a belief that, yes, things will work out, that you will go where you're meant to go, but you have to walk down that path. You have to be willing to get that be uncomfortable through that path. You have to give up this, this, this slight level of unhappiness or it might be a huge level of unhappiness. You might be, have to give that up to be uncomfortable for an extended period of time to get where you were meant to be in that untapped potential that's deep within you that you have to untether, that you have to bring out so that you're able to get to the, the, the spot where you're meant to be. We're able to plant your feet in the ground and say, I'm going to get uncomfortable for a bit, but I have this fundamental belief that everything is going to work out through my work, through my effort. And through that, there's going to be setbacks and pivots and things you might have to tweak and change, but eventually you're on this path that's going to be the right one for you. So one unhelpful uh, response to suffering is the refusal to suffer. Okay? And then I just explain why. Number two, the second one, is having our suffering as like this status or symbol. Um, thinking that the world revolves around us, right? And that we are the only people in the world who go through this. And that we're just unlucky and the world is just all against us. That is your ego driving you. Um, and that is your ego taking over saying that this is who you are, you're unlucky, and you're all these things, when really some decisions have, have led you there, maybe some things out of your control have led you there, maybe some environmental factors, some societal factors, some cultural factors have led you there, maybe some stuff you had no part in, maybe it wasn't even you. But some of the decisions you have made till now, if you're listening to this, have probably led you to this and you believe that your suffering is a status, is a symbol, your suffering is you. When really it's not, when we can remove that part of ourselves, disidentify with the suffering, I am this, I am that, I am more than that, I am more than this incident or this or this tragic or this trauma, I am not just the suffering that has happened to me, okay? We remove that as a status or a symbol, as something that we identify with, 
and then we move forward to make the steps to decrease that suffering, to improve ourselves so we don't have to suffer any more than we might need to or have to. So your suffering can't be a status symbol, okay? You have to make the choices and the decisions to improve your situation, to grow that resiliency, that optimism, to understand your personality better, to understand what steps you might need to take, to understand what things you might need to look at on an internal level, to understand what help or what resources you might have to ask for because asking for help is a sign of strength. And that could be something that you need to do right now. So maybe this resonates with you. Maybe this is something that is, is in your gut. It's intuitive. It's telling you that this might be how you are reacting to life or how you're going about yourself. Well, maybe now it's time to flip the script. Maybe now it's time to respond to suffering in a helpful way, in a way that can make you grow and then make it, that can make you an improved version of yourself. So think about that. You know, maybe jot down some ideas about what resonates with you, about what decisions you, that might have made you here. Think about your experience, write down your experience, but in a forgiving way. Forgive yourself for making those choices because you weren't the person you are now and you wouldn't have made those choices if you knew what you knew now, but you made them because it led you here and those choices were important. Those choices were part of your path and you need to honor those choices, but forgive yourself for that choice and allow yourself to be here now, be present, be in this moment and think about what actions you can take to lead you into a better path, to lead you into the best version of yourself, to allow you to live fruitfully, healthily, and happily, okay? And the third unhelpful response to suffering is the common one most people think about is making others suffer. Generally speaking, the people that need the most love ask for it in the most unloving ways. Now, I heard that from Jay Shetty on Jay Shetty's podcast. I don't know who said the quote, <clears throat> but it's not for me. I didn't make that up. Just want to make that clear. But I think that holds to be true. It holds to be true a lot when we're dealing with social media and we're dealing with people who leave really hurtful and painful comments on something that we post. Um, usually those people are dealing with issues um, that are very challenging, that we know nothing about. And so using that suffering to make others suffer is the ultimate sign that that person needs more love. They need love. The people who need the most love are asking it in the most unloving way. So we gotta take a step back, remove ourselves from the situation, don't take what's happening too personally, don't take what's happening too personally, but think about what position they might be in and what, we, and what empathy and understanding we can offer that person to not transfer the suffering to another, to not make our suffering their suffering, but to stop the suffering and to stop the trauma in its tracks. Understand what conditioning or programming or choices led me to this and how we can reverse and reprogram and reframe that conditioning, that trauma or that suffering to go on our lives and really be ourselves and be authentic and genuine and hopeful and loving and a beautiful member of society because we, we feel like maybe that choice of improving is so challenging and so difficult, which it is, it won't have any effects outside of us, but it has so many downstream effects. For one, if people see you from the outside, it gives them permission to go after it. It gives them permission to take care of themselves. 
right? And then the way we act in our daily lives, these small interactions that we have with people have a domino effect because it leads to those interactions with those people that they met and it's boom, 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 all the way down the chain. So really the choice we make to improve ourselves, the choice we make to look inward, the choice we make to take care of ourselves, our mental health, our physical health, and our whole entire being has an effect on literally the entire world. Because if everyone made that choice, things would be just a little bit better. Okay, so those are the three unhelpful um, responses to suffering. One, refusal to suffer. Two, um, using your suffering as some sort of symbol or status. And then three, making others suffer. Boom. So if, you, if, you, if that resonated with you in any sort of way, or maybe if you've had those responses to suffering or currently have those responses to suffering, um, jot some stuff down, write it out, see what, see what, what comes up, see what needs to be looked at deeper, see what kind of help or resources you might need to have. Come to me. Um, we can, we can work through it either through Patreon or, or coaching on jacksonstone.net and we can work through some of that stuff. Some, and I can give you some tools and insights and implementations to start, um, rewiring and reframing the way you look at things, where your lens on things, your perspective on things. And so that's, that's what I want to say about that. And then I'm briefly going to talk about uh, meditation uh, and mindfulness and the practical application and then I'm just going to go through a nice self-love guided meditation to end this episode again this is a hotline so we could get interrupted by a phone call at any moment maybe not um, just depends but it is live it is open it's open for one hour um, as a way to create open and honest dialogue with me and anyone that calls in to create deeper connection and discussion and and some of that stuff <clears throat> So I'm a, I'm a big believer in meditation. Um, I've been doing it very, very regularly for about a year. Um, and I've been doing it every single day for the last six months. Uh, I do a 20 minute meditation in the morning. Um, that's a must. And then um, on most days I do a five to 10 minute one later in the evening. And then I've been starting to do one in bed. So that's kind of the, the process throughout the day. And meditation is just being able to sit in stillness and be with yourself and be with your thoughts. It's a great way to get to know yourself. It's a great way to ease your mind. It's a great way to, to channel inner peace. It's a great way to calm um, everything on the outside world that's happening around you, calm it down and really focus on on the internal, focus on your breath, which is our lifeblood, which is a free resource we have <clears throat> to be able to regulate our emotions and our feelings and our thoughts. And meditation is just a way to practice that. It takes practice. Start with one minute, then two minutes, then three minutes. Use a guided tour, right? There's apps, there's YouTube videos, or just sit there and start to breathe. You don't have to, you don't have, to have this magical breath, right? Um, play with your breath maybe you do four on inhale you pause at the top you do seven on the exhale play with it or maybe you do box breathing four in four hold four out four hold or maybe you do five maybe you do six there's so many different ways but the more we can regulate our breath the more we can channel our breath the more we can really feel those deep breaths the more we can sit in stillness and the more we can be with ourselves and more we feel comfortable in multiple environments and the more we feel comfortable in our own being and so a lot of people ask me, what's the practical application of meditation in real life? Well, I think the practical application of meditation in your real life is having more mindfulness. 
Okay, mindfulness is defined as a particular way of focusing in the present moment without judgment. So meditation teaches you to just let your thoughts roam. Something comes up while you're breathing, let it flow. Don't let it stop you. Don't let it secrete another thought or another thought. Just let it come and go. And as you start to practice, it will get easier and the thoughts will get less dark and less scary. But at the top, at the beginning, it's very challenging. It's very challenging because you're trying to be present. You're trying to be exactly where your feet are and your mind and your body is. And you're just breathing and thoughts are coming in and there's noises around you or something's happening or in the world or in your own life. And it's hard to just sit and be still. But that's the practice. That's the practice. It's always a practice. You're getting meditation right if you just do it. If you just do it, you're perfect at it. And you'll get better as you go. You'll get more comfortable as you go. And then the practical application is mindfulness. And mindfulness is something that we can have throughout the day, in our lives, in present moment, with people, with ourselves, in conversations, at the work, right? So mindfulness is our ability to be, to a particular way of focusing on the present moment without judgment. So for example, maybe we have a negative thought pattern coming in. If we're mindful, if we've meditated, if we're able to be more self-aware, which is what meditation, ultimately mindfulness teaches, to be more self-aware, have more awareness, have more presence of our being and be more present, then we have that negative thought pattern come in and we can stop it in its tracks. And then when we stop it in its tracks, we at, we're able to ask ourselves, is this true? Right, that's the, way you, that's the way you stop a negative thought pattern. You ask it, is this true? And it comes in your head because you're mindful, you're aware, you're present, because you've meditated, you've practiced, and now the practical application is this. So the thought comes in your mind. You have a negative thought pattern, you catch it. Boom, right there. It doesn't secrete anything more. There doesn't stitch more thoughts to it. There's not a huge thought pattern that goes through that follows all down to this negative spiral of thoughts, right? You catch it, boom, right there. And it, maybe you catch the first or second one or the third one, but you're still catching it before it spirals out of control, right? And you're able to ask yourself in this negative thought pattern, is this true? For the most part, it's not true. And so now you're saying it's not true to your brain. So you're letting your brain know that you're safe, Right? Because that's why we have negative thought patterns. That's why we, sometimes we have anxiety or we feel overwhelmed because our brain and our body is trying to keep us safe, which is a beautiful mechanism. But we have to rewire those circuits to let our body know when we are actually safe and when we are actually in danger and when we need to be a little anxious, when we need to be alert or hypersensitive. But right now we don't need to be. So we catch that negative thought pattern. We ask ourselves, is this true? Right? Is this true? Generally we say no. It's not true, so we're telling our brain and our body that we're safe, and then we frame it with something credible, with something real, with something tangible, with something that your body and your mind can actually follow through on. So say you're thinking to yourself, I am the worst human being in the world, and that thought comes in your head. Is that true? No. Hmm. No, I'm actually not the worst person in the world. So then we reframe it. It doesn't have to be anything extraordinary. It doesn't have to, doesn't have to be the positive reframe doesn't need to be something that's not true or something that you don't fully believe. So you don't need to go all the way across the spectrum into I am the greatest human being alive. It can simply just be, I am not the worst. I'm okay. I got this. 
and your brain knows that that's a credible statement. Your body and your mind, which are connected, know that that's a, your soul and your gut know that that's a credible statement. So it believes you because it's real, because it's tangible. And so now you've taken this negative thought pattern, you've caught it because you're self-aware, because you're more mindful, because you've meditated. You're able to ask yourself in the moment, is this true? And you're able to reframe that into a credible statement that gets you out of a negative thought pattern into a more positive thought pattern. And then eventually that gets you into flow state. Flow state is the most optimal state that a human being can be in. And the only way to get into flow state is if we're in a positive thinking mindset more often. And the way we get that is through meditation, which leads to more mindfulness, which leads to more self-awareness. So that's the practical application of what meditation can bring into your real life to have more mindfulness again, which is a particular way of focusing on the present moment without judgment. And it leads to more self-awareness, more self-awareness leads to more flow state. That's a very simplified version of what that is. If you wanna learn more about meditation and mindfulness, I suggest you reaching out to me and we can go over some of that stuff or there's tons of courses and classes online to teach you more about that, to really hone in on your mindfulness and your meditation, which is a whole holistic approach to improving our health and wellness. Um, so yeah, so I hope that resonated with you. Um, it deeply resonates with me. Um, but again, that's a simplified version. Um, but I think, I think that just simple explanation will really help a lot of people. If you start trying to implement that daily, um, it could really help um, reduce um, some of these uh, thoughts that spiral out of control, maybe reduce a little anxiety. Um, it will make you a little more present um, because all the good stuff happens in the present moment. And if we can stitch present moment after present moment after present moment, that's where the good stuff is. That's where we really improve and become the best version of ourselves. So cheers. Thanks for listening to that. Now we're just gonna go into a guided meditation. Okay, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna lead you, my voice will lead you through a guided meditation. So wherever you are, if you're, if you're on a bike or a treadmill or you're exercising while listening to this, um, this might not be uh, the best. Or if you're driving, this won't be the best either. But if you're sitting down um, or if you're walking or if you're doing something that's safe to do a guided meditation, this is perfect for you. But if you're not, if you're doing something else, come back to this maybe when you're at your house, maybe tonight, um, whatever the case may be. And I will lead you through right now through this self-love meditation, okay? Self-love meditation, a powerful practice that can ease a racing mind by drawing our attention to our innermost self. We find our source of inner peace and acceptance. Stressful thoughts gently diminish as we gain the peace required to move forward with grace. If we do not allow the natural love for ourselves to be expressed, love does not reveal its beauty very often throughout each day of our lives. So get into a nice, relaxing position, removing any distractions for the duration of this session. Take the very first action in self-love right now. Your ability to breathe at will in all different kinds of ways. Our breath has been there literally our entire lives, changing as needed to the demand of exciting circumstances and flowing effortlessly when we are resting. Take multiple full and deep breaths every day is proven to change our body and minds for the better. Take five full deep breaths, holding it for a moment at the top 
and naturally exhaling. Five full deep breaths. Hold a moment at the top and naturally exhale. If we do not allow the natural love for ourselves to be expressed, love does not reveal its beauty very often throughout each day of our lives. So you're still in a nice, relaxing position, still removing any distractions, and we're taking the action into self-love right now, okay? The breath, the breath is so important. It's always there, it's free. And if we can regulate it and control it, we can have more control over our lives. Okay, so you're gonna take five more full and deep breaths, holding it a moment for the top and naturally exhaling. One inhale, a nice big breath, expanding your belly, your lungs as much as you can. Hold it and exhale gently with relief. Number two, inhaling fresh oxygen that will supply to your bloodstream. Hold it in, soak it and exhale without any effort. Inhale, feeling rejuvenated and invigorated by this breathing. Hold it at the top, hold it, and exhale easily. Inhale, noticing how breathing fully comes naturally for you. Pausing at the top to soak it in. And exhaling any tension or worry. Finally, we're inhaling fully as an act of self-love, pausing to feel the love and exhaling into complete relaxation. Let your breath flow at a pace without any effort from you now. By doing this, you are proving that you are capable of self-love. Deep breathing increases the supply of oxygen to your brain and stimulates the parasympathetic, the parasympathetic nervous system, sometimes referred to as a rest and digest system. By breathing deeply and often, you are commanding your body to rest, which relaxes and rejuvenates you and rejuvenates you. This is self-love in its simplest form that anyone can do at any time of the day. Now let's honor ourselves by relaxing the mind even further. Notice now how your thoughts are raising in your mind, one after the other. See them come and see them go. Some thoughts linger for time and some thoughts only come for a split second. If you can really focus, you will notice even smaller thoughts, such as describing the world around you or labeling the things in your surroundings. Let your hearing become super alert now. Try to focus on some sounds around you. Maybe you can hear the sound of your breath. Can you hear nature nearby? Or perhaps cars passing by? Or people talking with each other? 
Just go from sound to sound, only focusing on one at a time. Now stop focusing on any sound in particular. Just allow all the noises around you to come in equally. And when you hear them, they almost act as tiny waves of relaxation, calming your mind. Good. Your mind relaxes when you activate your senses on command. Let us power, let's use the power of amazing visualization abilities to induce self-love. Begin to imagine yourself full of abundance full of abundance, full of self-love. Inhaling, fresh oxygen that will be supplied to your bloodstream, holding it to soak in and exhaling without any effort. Inhale, feeling rejuvenated and invigorated by this breathing. Hold it at the top and exhale easily. Inhale, noticing how breathing fully comes naturally to you, pausing to soak it in, and exhale any tension or worry. And inhaling fully as an act of self-love, pausing to feel this love. And exhale into complete relaxation. Just breathe normally, feel it in and out, expressing great abundance and self-love for yourself. Now hear yourself saying, when I fully love myself, I'm able to fully love others. Deciding to love myself is a wonderful agreement. Each day I allow my love for myself to grow more and more. I am worthy of love and I honor the joy that comes with it. Deciding to love myself unconditionally, no matter what happens, feels wonderful. I deserve love and self-respect. My self-esteem grows along with my self-love. And accept, I love and accept everything about myself. I completely and always love myself. Today I love myself even more than yesterday. Truly loving myself is easy for me. Continue to breathe as you feel these words, as they feel in your gut and they resonate with you. The more I love myself, the better my entire health. I love every moment of my existence. Every part of me that makes me who I am is encompassed with love. I have unconditional love within me that overflows in abundance to those around me. One more big inhale. Pause at the top, exhale and believe what you just said. Let it resonate with you. Now gently opening your eyes, take a fresh breath and know that whenever you love yourself, you will find love. Thank you. And that concludes episode number 68 of Jackson Talks, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for following along with that guided meditation on self-love. Come back to it whenever you need it. Come back to this episode or this podcast whenever you need it. It's here for your support. It's here for you. Thank you for tuning in. I'm grateful for everyone who listens, 
share this with someone who might need it. And uh, I'll see you for episode number 69. Thank you so much and much love.